Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. At Evolution NHS, we're committed to helping people at NHS organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. We collaborate with NHS organisations to help them build high-performing digital teams. We achieve this by curating and sharing insights into ever-evolving NHS and digital industries' best practices. I am Ben Cook, the account lead from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and today I am your host. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect official position or policy of their organisation. Delighted to be joined by Julia Stackhouse t- uh, today, um, obviously Senior Communications and Engagement Manager at NHS South Central and West. Um, thank you, uh, obviously, for, for making the time, Julia. I know we're hectic lives and a lot happening at the moment with NHS and uh, the way things are going forward. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you. What I'll, uh, what I'll just do is a sort of a, a little bit of a, an intro and a admin side of things. Obviously, I know we've got quite a few people watching this one. If there are any questions, please feel free to pop them in the chat on the event. Uh, I'm sure Julia will be happy to sort of answer them as we go through. But if we are into things, happy to sort of pick it up at the end, no problem at all. But uh, yeah, feel free to to pose anything to us, and um, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, it'd be great, sort of, basically, if you could uh, effectively, you know introduce yourself, Julia, and you know, talk through your day-to-day responsibilities in your role as a Senior Communications Engagement Manager at SCW. Thanks, Ben. Um, so my name is Julia Stackhouse. I have worked in the NHS for 17 years um, in a comms and engagement role. Um, I am working within South Central and West in the consultancy arm of the NH of the organisation. And I say consultancy because we work with different bits of the NHS. So we work nationally, regionally, we work with ICBs, we work with trusts, so with all elements of the NHS. Um, but we also work across local authorities. Um, we do um, other industry partner work. Um, so we might work with um, utility companies. Um, we are in a position where as a con- as consultants, we can, we can work and bid for work um, as we see fit really um so long as it meets our ethos and our culture within the organization um then then we would be happy to work with people um obviously working in communications and engagement my specialism is specifically around engagement and consultation um i have worked on a number of high profile consultations um both at a local level and also at a national level um and have built a career specifically around consultation and engagement, um, working with colleagues um, in a matrix way within consultancy. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a varied role. Um, every day is different. Um, lots of project work uh, with different customers, lots of juggling, um, much the same as many of my colleagues working in comms. Um, I think the difference is that where you know those customers might be very different with different cultures um so you know i I, i'm working with a number of projects at the moment some are national some are regional um and some are quite local so trying to understand the culture within those organizations how those organizations work and being able to mobilize quite quickly to support them um is um is always interesting and and a great opportunity Interesting. I imagine lots of different challenges that arise in depending on what the organisation is going through with their programmes and where they're up to. Uh, definitely interesting to see sort of you know 
the main sort of challenges that you face? Is there anything in particular that you're looking at at the moment, challenge-wise, that's, that's really standing out? So I think, um, I mean, there's obviously, I mean, there's a big drive nationally that we need to work with our communities and people, um, and we need to think about how we do that and and how we really build those networks um, to make sure that we're building trust with our communities. And working in a consultancy way, you have to understand your your customer um, really, really carefully and be able to scope that work in such a way that you understand the challenges that they are experiencing and really understand the geography that you're working in. Um, So for me, I think part of, from an engagement perspective, it's that opportunity to really research who it is that you're working with, how you're going to be working with them, listening to the challenges that they're experiencing and understanding how you can bring some added value to what they are already dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Um, Quite often we are embedded within programs of work, working with corporate teams who are dealing with, you know, the day-to-day crisis management of ambulances queuing and, um, you know, just winter pressures and all all the sort of day-to-day running. And so understanding and appreciating what those teams are dealing with whilst at the same time trying to support their programs of work. so I think, you know, the NHS is a constantly changing environment. Um, in 17 years of working in the NHS, I fully appreciate that. Um, working in consultancy, we're not there to um, make our corporate comms and engagement teams more challenged. We're an added value. We're there to support them. Um, and really understanding their needs um, is where that relationship building happens. Interesting. Yeah, really interesting there because I... Obviously, having been with with SCW for so long, um, the ever-changing landscape of the NHS in general, how has it sort of changed since you first started with SCW? So um, so when I first, so so I've worked in the NHS for 17 years, commissioning support units came about as a result of the Andrew Langsley reforms um, and comms and engagement were part of the back office functions that that formed those. So my career um, has spent most of my career working in Oxfordshire um, and then came into the consultancy role in 2018 um, and obviously had to start thinking much wider than just one county um, and thinking more broadly about how do you do work that's at a national level um, across the four nations at a regional level Um, obviously we then had the integration of ICBs um, and thinking about you know the differences between um, thinking at an ICB um, level and then also at play so within ICBs they have you know, the the two structures of how do you commission at a wider scale versus how do you then meet the needs at place. So I think, and that brings challenges for comms and engagement professionals. Um, These are large geographical areas with varying requirements and demands, you know, rural areas, city areas, coastal areas, lots and lots of different people that need to be communicated with. And I think, you know, developing your stakeholder management relationships um, is integral to that. Um, Taking the time to really understand your communities, building on good practice that's gone before, not reinventing the wheel. I think there's there's always a risk of trying to do things differently or trying to find new ways of doing things that when actually, you know, there has been success in the way that we deliver communications and it's about upscaling that. Um, So I think consultancy has changed you know it's 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 a very different mindset coming in um 
hitting the ground running, delivering a product for a customer, um, thinking broadly, depending on, you know, the geographies that you're working with. Interesting. Yeah, I can imagine we're sort of talking about the difference and challenges that you're going to face with everyone at maybe at different strategic levels with their digital, whatever they're up to in terms of driving forward and the ever-changing landscape. So, yeah, really interesting there. Um, we've had a question coming. I've seen the question from Mike. Yeah. Um, how do you get buy-in from various projects and how do you ensure they promote the right message to the wider community when often projects are not always going to plan? So, so I think for me, again, it's going back to um, working with your corporate comms teams. Um, so I don't think I don't, I don't think program comms should be a standalone activity. I think it should be embedded within the organisation. Um, I a lot of this will come down to the planning, making sure that you have enough time at the beginning of your pro- project or program to really, really understand who those stakeholders are and building those relationships um, before you even start having conversations with, you know, the wider public and wider communities. So really investing in stakeholder management, spending the time having those conversations, making sure that you know who your champions are, making sure that you know, you know, where those barriers are going to be and, you know, working with people to ensure that the program starts in the right direction. There's always going to be challenges and some things some things end up being derailed because of political influence. Some things run out of budget. Um, but I think openness and transparency is key to making sure that even if it does derail or if a project isn't going to plan, that you're open and honest about it, that you talk to people and explain why. Um, often, you know, some of the challenges are because we aren't open and transparent and that's when people don't have trust um, and that's when frustration grows. Interesting. Do you feel there's been a, a change in recent years with a more sort of honest reflection of where organisations are up to? Do you feel a bit more sort of collaboration? I think that's variable. I think um, I, I think that is still potentially perceived as risk. Um, I think it takes strong leadership to be open and transparent about where things are but again you know a lot lot of the challenges with the nhs is time it's enabling yourself to have the time to do that planning to do that pre-work um and we're very time poor in the nhs yeah definitely agree with that it's a a current theme isn't it that's a common theme as well you know over the years it's never enough time to, to get done what's needed um interesting you sort of mentioned some projects there is there anything particularly that you've worked on you know what you're sort of most pa- passionate about achieving so i've worked um so, so I've, I've done some national work um with around maternity services and nursing and midwifery that was very much around staff engagement and understanding um the the career pathways of nurses and midwives and and trying to reach out across the four nations to understand how um we can influence the digitalization of midwives and nurses that was fascinating um really interesting piece of work um it was at a time where we were um, held everything virtually um, as a result of the pandemic. Um, digital technologies have moved on, and it's quite fantastic that we have, you know, lots of software available to us to to be able to work from home, have those conversations in a way that you know helps with those time challenges. Um, equally, I've worked. Um, 
I've done consultations that have ended up in judicial review, um, referred to the independent reconfiguration panel, ended up in the high court um, and have, you know, in many years gone by, had the experiences of town hall events with campaigners um, protesting outside the door. Um, so I think it, I've got a long history of working in engagement and consultation. I enjoy every element of it. Um, for me, I think it's about facilitating the opportunities for conversation and discussion. Um, I genuinely enjoy seeing the conversations that play out um, and almost those light bulb moments when um, people hear feedback or hear a, a discussion or a comment that changes someone's view and, you know, moves their trajectory on a piece of work. Um, that excites me. Um, and I genuinely believe that patients and the public um, actually, you know, they are the users of our services. They know what's working, what isn't working. And we, you know, listening and harnessing that intelligence is is really important. It's more than just um, patient experience. It's it's co-production. It's working together, collaborating. Um, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. Um, I, you know, truly enjoy talking to people. And there's yeah, another question for Mike. Yeah, <laughs> just seeing it come through. <laughs> Collaboration within project. How do you work across testing and training, and how do you use these arms to help with change management? Can I come back to you on that one? I just need to give that one a little bit of thought. Perhaps we can pick that up at the end, Ben. Yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll put a little reminder in. Uh, no problem there. I've come back to you, Mike. That'll be okay. Um, we've sort of touched on a few of the challenges. Um, we kind of know in the NHS, you know, maintaining that trust of the public is essential. Neither them on side. Um, how, you know, how do you sort of maintain trust in those communi communications that you mentioned there, you know, especially when dealing with a sensitive or a challenging sort of issue? So I think there are always going to be people that that we just cannot bring on our journey and I think we have to recognize that the people that show up and engage with us are often you know they are the right people and we have to accept that if they are willing to participate um, you can't make people get involved um, so working with those people who do want to engage and participate with us is is where our focus should be um, you're never going to please everybody. I think it's impossible to assume that we can. And I think part of stakeholder relationship management is 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 understanding that. And it's it's appreciating that, you know, with all the openness and transparency and planning and preparation, there will always be people that are not happy. Um, but you can do things to try and mitigate that. Um, you, you know, bring people along the journey, have that continuous dialogue, understand who it is that is in your community that is going to be particularly difficult and challenging and meet with them, have a conversation, be open, bring them in at the early stages of your programme. Um, think about, you know, who do you want involved? Who are the best people um, to shape, influence, change, check, challenge um, your piece of work. And it doesn't matter whether it's around service reconfiguration, whether it's um, pathway redesign, whether it's, you know, new technologies. Um, it's about that opportunity to be to talk to people about the work that you're going to do, talk about the benefits, talk about the challenges. And if there really are risks to what you're delivering, um, 
that are going to cause, you know, wider public concern, then it's about listening, listening to that concern, listening to what it is that people are fearful of, um, what is it that they, what what is the change that they that they don't understand or they don't want to happen? Um, what's the culture that is pre- preventing them from coming on the journey with you? Um, you know, take those opportunities, take the time to to listen, speak to people, understand that complexity that people are living in, um, and and working in, and being able to to shift mindset through doing that. Interesting. Do you find that's easier coming from a South Central and West perspective? Uh, I think to some degree, yes. We, you know, we come with a little bit of um, autonomy. We, you know, we can be seen as not consultants um, in the, in the wider sense. But I think you know we are a bit more arm's length from um, the you know the local or the regional or national um, bodies that are actually implementing. A change. Um, I think we can cut. We can, you know, quite rightly come in and ask the questions that perhaps haven't been asked, um, and and do some of that check and challenge as part of understanding the program when we're mobilising. Um, I think that does give us an opportunity to to prepare and plan, think about how we're going to um, address some of those nitty gritty issues. Um, think about how we're going to bring who we need to bring together to have some of those complex conversations um and sometimes that is you know internally that's that's within programs that's within systems um sometimes it's with the public um yeah just being able to explore i suppose um you know where those risks and challenges are and what those blockers and enablers will be definitely interesting from a a South Central and West perspective, how you you can almost ask the harder questions that maybe other areas and other teams aren't able to just to get a real sort of true understanding. And I think that's the real, you know, that's the value of a comms and engagement professional. You know, we are coming at this from a place of not being the expert. You know, we're not clinical. We're not um, IT professionals. We're, you know, we don't necessarily always know the topic that's being discussed. We learn very quickly. Um, and I think, you know, we can come in and ask the stupid questions, um, comms and, and we have that, um, ability to, um, horizon scan and, and think about the bigger picture. Um, and we, you know, quite often we'll sit across a range of projects, we'll join up the dots um, and think, well, actually, you know, how does this interlink with something else? Um, where are we seeing, you know, similar compatibilities um, in pieces of work? Um, so I think, you know, comms and engagement professionals are a real asset within organisations and within SCW and increasingly within SCW we are being brought into projects to provide that sort of strategic uh, insight, overview, understanding of what's going on and, and being able to, you know, look at connecting pieces of work and, and think actually, you know, how does this inter- interrelate and what do we also need to consider? Yeah, def- definitely very interesting there from the FGW perspective. Um, we've had another question come through uh, from Amanda. Um, where dedicated comms resources and expertise are limited, what are the most important areas you'd suggest colleagues focus on? Or perhaps some of the most important lessons you've learned 
she just say particularly um, for an EPR journey? So, so I heard an interesting thing the other day, and we were, um, this was this was around a data project, um, and we were talking about health inequalities um, and the importance of reaching um, specific communities who um, are less likely to 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 access um, services and we were basically saying that if we can get it right for those communities then actually for everybody else it kind of falls in line um if we can it you know for for myself if you know if i can if i can access a service that's great um but actually it's the people that can't that you know we need to focus primarily on and then in theory if we get it right for them then it will be even better for me um so so i think you know increasingly it is thinking about um our core 20 plus communities um but also again thinking about your stakeholder mapping so you know you if you're working in certain communities certain geographies you also need to think about those and, and understanding you know who those stakeholders are within that community um it, it it may be, you know, some of our um, less heard communities, but it may not be depending on, you know, where you live. Um, so I think, you know, think about the the person who is most likely to benefit from the work that you're doing and engage with them. Great stuff there. No, really good answer. Um, one thing that I've sort of been thinking about from an ICS and ICB perspective, obviously with the, the change in landscape, um, you know, how is communications and engagement, you know, likely to change in the coming years? So I think um, I think it needs to be a, an embedded and shared activity. You know, communications and engagement is everybody's job. Um, yes, you might have a corporate comms team, but you know, they're not always. Um, hugely resourced um, and comms and engagement professionals are often um, dealing with the day-to-day -day things. Um, so I think it's about, you know, how do we, how do we skill people up? How do we train people? How do we, how do we enable other people to have some of those conversations? Um, and how do we build a culture within our organizations where comms and engagement is a priority, but it's everybody's priority. Um, and, you know, everybody has a responsibility to, to have, uh, the opportunity to test their ideas, go out and talk to communities. Um, and we have to do that in partnership. I, I, I think, you know, there will always be a need for a corporate comms function. Absolutely. I'm not suggesting that that's, that's not the case. Um, but I do think that, you know, there, and I think, you know, people like myself have spent many, many years fine-tuning our skills and developing a career from communications and engagement it is a specialism um but i i also think you know we are a limited resource um and we need to find ways of um enabling colleagues in programs to be able to understand the value of what we do um and take on some of those responsibilities a little bit this or the unsung heroes with a lot of projects and programs within organizations do you think as a whole they'll be looking to sort of grow that area of their own organizations going forward? Do you think that's that people are starting to realize that the importance maybe in previous years wasn't on, as high up on the agenda from the cons and engagement side of things? 
I'd like to think so. <laughs> um, I can't, I'm not sure that I can answer for for, for a lot of NHS organisations, you know, budgetary constraints and, and, and everything. But, you know, I think, you know, really recognising the value that comes and engagement brings. Um, for me it really is the most important thing um it can it can be the difference between success and failure um so you know having that investing in that team investing in how we work with our communities um can only be a good thing um it can only come as an added benefit to to the organization yeah definitely um you sort of switched on there that the budget challenges you know that you know nhs often with the resources, the constraints that they face, how do you feel that's going to impact communication and engagement efforts? You know, how do you sort of overcome these limitations? Well, I mean, communications and engagement teams are are, are well versed in and not having the the budget for nice glossy brochures and and you know large events with. Um, freebies and things to give away so I think you know we've been we've been living in a in a world of austerity for for most of my career to be fair when it comes to comms and engagement I think you know we are a very creative bunch um, we find ways of doing a lot with very little um, you know again it's about utilizing our networks networking with with you know other areas um, joining up our thinking um you know, we should be working with our housing providers, we should be working with local authorities, we should be working with utility companies, planning teams. There's so many opportunities to kind of think outside the box and, and utilise other other areas to reach out to people. Um, so, yes, um, I, I don't think I need to tell colleagues if there's if, if I've got comms and engagement colleagues on the call today, they're, they're very used to not having the, the budget and the money to, to deliver um, the nice glossy stuff um, but that doesn't stop you speaking to people that doesn't stop conversation and conversation is just time yeah definitely we're um i, I know with scw particularly you know in terms of how they hire you know uh, graduates and getting people on board to, to join the organization as a whole it's sort of interesting to see you know what your take would be for anyone starting out in comments and engagement you know what, what kind of advice you know you'd get you give for people whether they've been in a couple of years or they're literally looking to to get going so yeah so we so we do have graduate uh, um graduates within our organization um and we um they're part of their graduate program is that they get to rotate around different specialisms um so if there are um graduates who you know are interested in comms and engagement and want to um you know build a career around that there is those opportunities to do that um and when I started my career in a part-time band six position, um, I had an incredibly fantastic mentor um, who was passionate about engagement and consultation, um, who, you know, has really, really took the opportunity when I was in those junior positions to um, to shape and mould um, and give me those learning opportunities. And I think, you know, if somebody wants to come into a career within comms and engagement, it's incredibly rewarding. It's hard work. Um, it's, you know, but there are opportunities to 
do so many different things. It's such a varied job, um, you know, whether it's dealing with the media, whether it's working with scrutiny committees, whether you're writing press articles, newsletter articles, holding conferences, deliberative events, um, you know, getting leaders in a room and having conversations about some of the challenges that they're facing, um, you know, thinking about the complexity of organizational development, um, that, you know, comms and engagement is so wide ranging. There's an opportunity for anybody really um, to build a career. And the skills are transferable. Um, you know, you can build a career in, in the NHS and those skills are absolutely transferable into other industry areas. Um, you know, everybody is tackling similar challenges, whether you whether you work in the rail industry, whether you work in, um, I don't know, utilities. Um, we all need to find ways of doing more for less. Um, we all have um, a need to communicate with our audiences, whether they're, you know, commercial customers or whether they're patients, um, whether they're the general public. Um, we all, we, we're all doing the same thing. We're all finding ways of, of doing that. Um, so, absolutely, I would encourage anybody to, um, to develop their career. And if there's any grads that are listening to this call, then I'd be more than happy to, um, you know, reach out, have a conversation definitely yeah i know they've uh the scw particularly as an organization um very sort of clamped in how they work but they're obviously looking at going forward uh you know i suppose sort of a range of backgrounds that might have moved into digital space whether that's you know midwives you know now sort of digital midwives and into project management a real sort of mixture and it'd be interesting sort of how the graduates come through the ranks and then where they end up almost with a sort of a, a comms engagement starting point. What? Yeah, I mean, we have got a couple of individuals who are now comms and engagement um, managers within SCW who've gone through the graduate programme and have secured, um, you know, a, a full-time position um, in comms and engagement specifically. So, so not, you know, project management with a bit of comms and engagement. They are they are specifically within the cohort of comms and engagement, um, it, the comms and engagement team that we that we have in consultancy interesting yeah and no, i've definitely uh i heard this a few times from different people i've spoken with scw as an organization sort of standing out a little bit against other ones in terms of how they are they're operating going forward so really interesting to sort of see that from a graduate perspective because obviously the future always one eye on the future i imagine as, as an organization um yeah, and I think you know one of one of the things that SCW has done most recently is um, we've been we've we've had a, some investment within to our consultancy teams, which has included our grads, um, where we've um, undertaken um, a range of training around participate participatory leadership. Um, so really understanding how we can unlock um, conversations to um, to deal with some of the complex. You know some of the challenges and complexity that's happening um, within ICBs and ICSs. Um, I'm about to start a piece of work um, with the National Maternity Leadership Team um, to support uh, seven listening events across England, um, and this is going to be working um, with our 
maternity and neonatal leaders um, across the country to really understand how we can um, develop sort of leadership and culture uh, within local systems um, in, in that space. Um, and the role that SCW will be bringing is to facilitate um, that and, and host the space that enables those conversations to unravel and, and to address some of those um more difficult and challenging system issues um so so yes yeah, so we'll be um we'll be working with those regional areas um to host those conversations and supporting the opportunity to listen to you know to those local areas about what it is that they they need from the national teams to support them interesting how do you feel that the timescales wise how quickly does something like that go from being an idea to organizing to implementing uh four weeks we started this week the planning and the first events on the 20th so okay literally four weeks four weeks yeah yeah Um, i think think that's really interesting a lot of people probably won't know i mean people on the call who are in the world of will know of but those that aren't just the timescales that you have to actually work to um you know i I would have thought that'd be quite rapid for a, a piece of work like that yeah, I mean, the, you know, we've got to plan how those events are going to run. Um, we're going to be doing it um, in partnership with the people that are attending. So we're going to co-design the events um, and, you know, having that design team to think about the questions that actually need to be addressed within those those listing events is really important. Um, and then, you know, how we will um, sort of gather and and elicit the information that we need to shape a proposal for the national team um we're planning that next week so um yeah first events on the 20th i'll, I'll let you know how it goes yeah good luck with that i'll be interested to sort of see how that unfolds over the coming weeks definitely because yeah. uh yeah obviously you can sort of see one eye in the future in terms of you know what that will mean in terms of you know helping on the maternity side of things and you know the the continuous backlog and things like that that are constantly at the forefront of a lot of organizations just things like this are going to be crucial aren't they yeah and you know we've you know again it's a matrix team so this isn't just comms and engagement people um that will be working on this we've got project managers that are working on this this these particular events that are running um we've got people who are specialists in maternity services um so they they're coming with the sort of maternity sme i'm bringing the engagement sme into the into this so again i think the way that we work is very much in a matrix way of working with scw so we're bringing the expertise that we need for the projects um so we're very very good at mobilizing ourselves and and hitting the ground running and understanding what the customer needs are um, and as I said you know four weeks from um, kind of expression of interest to to delivery um, involves a lot of discussion and dialogue with our customers to, to yeah. make sure that we're delivering the right thing. Definitely. Is it quite a, a large team that SUW would need to sort of implement a project that size? So there's three of us Right. Okay. that will be working on it. Um, but our consultancy service has about 200 staff. Um, so, you know, there's a big pool of knowledge and resource that we can draw upon. Um, but the actual deliverable will, will be three of us. No, interesting. Yeah, really impressive. Like I said, the sort of timescales there uh, to get things moving. Because obviously, as you sort of mentioned right at the start, in terms of, you know, time being such a time management, such a crucial thing in the NHS in terms of actually getting the, 
things going to begin with. Um, yeah, really impressive there. Um, that's obviously sort of the, the main sort of gist. I know we were looking at sort of a question from Mike earlier. Are you okay to go back to it now? Would that be okay? Yes. Let me. Yeah. Can we scroll back down? Yes. Yeah. So if I, uh, it was another question around collaboration with a project. How do you work across testing and training and how do you use these arms to help with change management? So we do have a specialist um, uh, consultancy team that works um, around um, change management. Um, so we have colleagues that are specifically qualified in organizational development. Um, we um, have a culture of Dialogic OD. So um, again, you know, approaching organization on change management around, you know, conversations and deliberative engagement. Um, so, so quite often, you know, if there is a particular project um, that is around change management, then again, it's about resourcing the right people to that. Um, it may be that it's a comms and engagement activity, but actually if we, you know, it may be that we're looking at our consultancy stream um, that specifically deal with organisational development challenges. Um, I think inevitably more broadly across a lot of programmes, there will always be um sort of OD issues that have to be managed. And we do have um, sort of escalation processes within SCW to support that. Um, we have, um, you know, so a lot of this is about building relationships. Um, when you talk about how we work across testing and training, that will vary from project to project. So um, we are not... Um, we are we are not a um an organization that just provides um backfill um so we would be brought in for a specific project um with clear parameters around what that is um so i'm i'm not 100% clear mike what you mean by testing and training um i hope that goes some way to answer it but do come back if there's more clarity needed yeah, definitely. On the event page, people can sort of um, pop in anything that they think of last minute as well, that um, I'm sure uh, Julie won't mind just going back to. But um, yeah, that, that pretty much brings an end uh, to our discussion. Uh, just wanted to thank you again, Julie, for making the time a real good insight with the world of uh, you know communications and engagement, particularly with SCW and, and going forward. Um, not always an area in, um, within the NHS that sort of gets the publicity and gets the sort of, you know, um, showcasing that you know, what the, the great work that you guys are doing. Before we end the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for making the time to share your thoughts in today's conversation. If you're hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to feature on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I am Ben Cook, the account lead, and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at ben.cook at evolution-contract.co.uk or visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash NHS. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.